Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike, people who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton as they break down the modern-day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fists curled up in a schoolyard fight? Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. I'm Adam Elliott. And I'm Ben Anton. We're once again in a safe distancing position. You kind of figured it'd be silly if we just tried to ignore it. I know, right? Yeah. It's like watching a watching a something on the television from whenever ago. It's, it's like, bizarre to do that. Man, now. are they touching each other a lot. <laughs> you can't sit next to each other like that. Dude, you just touched that handrail. It's a bizarre experience. Yes. I guess one of my hopes is like we can take you out of that pocket for a little bit while you're listening to this podcast and, and maybe focus on something else. Something fun. Yeah. Like taxes or, <laughs> or real estate. Yeah, there we go. Well, we should note Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast that we bring to you where we discuss the real estate headlines of the day. We recap some of the highest and lowest uh, prices that are happening in Dane County. We're going to try to keep your, your fingers on the pulse. It's 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 a way for you to learn for when the bars open up again. When they, they, they you, will. You yeah. want to pull some Cliff Clavin knowledge out of your back pocket? <laughs> we are here for you. That's one of the things that we do. We definitely try to surround ourselves with people smarter than we are because there's a lot more of those folks than us out there. Or we, or we talk to them on the phone yeah. now, as the case may be. And that's what we'll do today. We should introduce ourselves. My name, again, is uh, Adam Elliott, homeowner, uh, former news reporter and radio personality in the Madison area. Also, did you just finish exams? I did. From both directions? Uh, well, it's uh, by the time this goes out, yes, everything will be done, and I will be a capstone certificate receiving graduate at UW-Madison, which makes me very happy, and I'll also be a break from my teaching. All right. The uh, school's out. <laughs> I'm Ben Anton. I am a landlord. I am a broker associate at the Lauer Realty Group. As I am learning today, oh boy, a big fan of the Dyson vacuum. Is that right? <laughs> Did you get a new one? It arrived today in the mail, and oh. I could barely wait until those battery lights were charged to give the house. Did you notice the rugs when you came in? Oh, they're beautiful, Ben. I just, yeah, just about the cleanest thing in the house. I thought right now. there was a sparkle happening in here, and now I know what it is. It's my new Dyson, and th- <laughs> this is not a paid placement. Yeah. I just. It's of course it's going to work well. I just got it, so we'll see. <laughs> right. Ask me again in a year what I think about it. Yeah. What's his name? Richard Dyson. He's is he sending us any money. Wa- <laughs> I wanted to look him up and just see like what he had to say about my vacuum specifically. <laughs> I'm sure he said it's the greatest one. So far, there. big fan. Yeah. All right. So good. This week, our guest Nick Sweat. Nick Sweat. Did Nick he Sweat. have some R and B hits in the nineties? No, in fact they put in the notes here no relation to Keith Sweat. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, perhaps in listening to the big cause I was like, who is the guy? Who is it? Sweat, sweat, sweat. Mm-hmm. And then Keith, I yeah. called Christina. She said, if you have to ask me, Ben, that that joke won't go over. <laughs> So thanks for that, Christina. Uh, but it's Keith Sweat, um, and I looked at a couple of top hits, but uh, it did a did a remake of Marvin Gaye's "Sexual Healing." Uh huh. That, yeah. that I think everybody would recognize. A, a little sampling at the beginning and the bass line is like, oh yeah, that's Keith. Yeah. good. Yeah, that's Keith Sweat. Puts you in the right mood. I I'm going to play that for you later, Christina. <laughs>
Excellent. Well, we have Nick Sweat, and Nick is an electrician. He is an electrician that has worked with me. Oddly enough, I can use my divorce as a timeline for working with Nick. Yeah. Um, I had done a lot of the electrical wiring in what I will refer to as the marital home. Uh-huh. And well, he came and fixed it all. He t- <laughs> the, when we when we got divorced, oh. when we got divorced, the, the tide had changed uh-huh. on whether or not knob and tube wiring was acceptable. Oh, sure, right. And there were a, there were a couple branches of it left in the house mm-hmm. uh, after the after we I'd called it done. I was taking the high road, and I said, "Let's just get that. Let's get that done. I'll pay for. I'll pay for half of that mm-hmm. on my way out the door." So that's actually how I, the first job he did was for my ex-wife. You know, we we mark uh, times in our lives based on change that happens, <laughs> and I think that's okay. We just acknowledge that it is. I liked him anyway. He yeah. was easy to deal with, and he and he seems, at least to, in my opinion, uh, to be real comfortable in old houses and remodel work versus okay. versus yeah. some guys like new construction and. And, and, you know, clean, easy stuff. Do we know, is it his actual name? Because, like, somebody that works in the trades then calls himself Sweat. That's pretty good marketing, actually. <laughs> pretty sure that's his name. That's his real name. All right. Nick will be coming in soon. What's been going on since last time, Ben? Since last time, we're doing everything but slower and harder. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> The coronavirus is, is pretty much paramount in everybody's mind, and I and I thought I'd take this this moment to like acknowledge or help help myself better understand. My experiences are are unique, and I am still working and, and doing what I can do safely. But it's so this is different for everybody. Sure, some people are, yeah. aren't working at all mm-hmm. because they can not work. But some people are not working at all, even though they'd love to. And some of the people that are working right now are kind of fearful as to, like, what's happening next week? What's happening next month with my job? And then there are those that are not working that, like, need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it is a whole whole big mess, I guess. So whichever of those categories you fit in, know you are loved. Yeah. Well, of course. In a, yeah. <laughs> in a podcast uh, podcast host appropriate way. Yes. We will, we will social distancely hug you from this point if it's if it's hard time because i get the feeling it is for just about everyone yeah i've been busy it's been harder it's may this is the thick of it this is when you make your money in real estate doing what i do and i am Mm -hmm. Uh, not as much as last year but i'm busy enough that's I wouldn't want it to be too much busier. One of the things that I've been doing since last time is actually I helped a friend move out of one apartment into another because of a situation he was dealing with and just needed to move. You know, it's it's a reminder for homeowners who are still in the same place that, you know, transactions are still happening. Housing, not unlike shelter, is a basic need. Right. So I've been helping those that need. And the people that want, we're doing okay waiting and keeping an eye on things for now. Yeah. During my downtime that I've had, I've been looking at like, okay, well, what do my finances look like? I am at a 3.6% 30-year fixed uh, rate loan. The offers that were sitting out there are at about 3%-ish, but I was looking at closing costs of like $3,000. And we were trying to do some of the calculus to determine, is that, you know, what's the trade-off in a previous episode? What would the difference in payment be between 3% and 3.6%? It's about a two. $200 difference per month that I would be paying. And I was like, "Mm, okay, 200 bucks. Am I going to make that up in a year's time? Close to, but um, I decided not to do it. I decided to keep on going with what I had because 
it would involve me putting a large amount of money, three grand up right now. And, you know, like most people are feeling, is that an expense that I can afford just in case? Right. Or there, there may have been the other option to include those closing costs in the new loan amount, mm-hmm. which, right. which might be necessary if someone today was looking to tighten down the, you know, if the cash flow wasn't there. Right. If, yeah. if, that, if that $200 a month is money you don't have... Mm-hmm. And you need to kick that down the road a little bit. That's one way to do it. But yeah, but yeah that that one year mark kind of kind of is. A, yeah, it kind of it gives you that feeling of like, hmm. So uh, my choice was no. I don't know if that's you know what's going on. Good for you. Else, I so. stand yeah. by your decision. Thank you. We ben. are here for you. Well, that's been going on uh, since last time uh, from the headlines. couple things um <laughs> other than the obvious other than the uh, we're gonna yeah. skip the obvious yeah but i suppose my headline is partly in because because of the obvious a lot of the east side festivals are canceling and that's something that you are a, a close part of yeah i have been uh i have been a part of almost well not all of them but lafette and and certain atwood fest to the to mm-hmm. the biggest extent for the last five years and those uh those are not just fun things those are important they feed a lot of the machines that do good in our neighborhoods. And so that you can keep an eye on what is happening, I took some of my downtime uh, and I put it like together a little website, uh, eastsidefestivals.com. I will both keep up to date there with what is happening. Some of the Pursuit of Happiness Festival, the initial mm-hmm. offering was delayed. It'll be later in the summer. So there, there's either some cancellation information there or uh, information on what has changed. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, there are links to all of the organizations that put on these festivals and alternative ways for you to support them. So you will have to – the line for beer at your refrigerator will be much shorter, but it's going to take a little effort to get that money into their pockets. Yeah. When we say the Eastside Festivals, you mentioned two, Lafetta Marquette, Atwood. So uh, what are some of the, the other ones? The Pursuit of Happiness. Mm-hmm. I, put, I put Greek Fest in there because that, that is always a favorite of mine. Marquette Waterfront Festival. The waterfront, yep. Horton okay. Park. Sure, okay. Willie Street Fair. Yep. Most hit, probably the Wilmar Neighborhood Center. They've got mm-hmm. their fingers mm-hmm. in a lot of those pies. There's also the uh, the Marquette Neighborhood Association. Mm-hmm. Sassy. Mm-hmm. Shank Atwood Stuck with Yahara. Funny story from the headlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, just after the April, well, actually, we released early in April, but mid mid April, mm-hmm. about a day after Tax Day, right? The city assessor's office announced because I was looking, I was looking from a postcard that assessment notices will be delayed for at least two months. Two months. All right. So, uh, so while the start of the assessment process is delayed, so here's the funny part. Tax bills will be sent and payment due at the same time as prior years. So <laughs> we, we need an extra two months to send you the bill. But that shit ain't going to come in late, boy. <laughs> it is due at the same time. So April 15th is usually the, usually, uh, the May episode. We talk about how, right. how much our property values went up. And we, we read that article in, in every paper that talks about right. what neighborhood is hot. And it's the same old crap every year. I don't know. That doesn't really surprise me, I guess. No, but I figured like by – so, if, the, so if, if things started getting tough mid-May, yeah, real – you know. Weren't they mostly done by then? Like I they don't usually know. came on April first. Yeah. So weren't they mostly done by then? And hey, now no. it's going to take another two months. Hard, hard to say. Hard to say. I, don't know. <laughs> I got the blues because my baby left me by the San Francisco Bay. What about the lowest uh, sale um, that happened? Lowest price in Dane County last month. We have been in Southeast 
uh, Dan County, yeah, around right. uh, Lake Kosh- Yeah, a couple times with our seriously cheap stuff, and and I haven't for years. I don't know. That's, that's probably a bit hyperbole. I don't see a lot of cheap stuff southwest of Madison. You know, the the hipsters are out there. Is it looking. built out? Yeah. I don't know, but like anything that's kind of beat up, it's like in the driftless area, oh, right? right? Yeah. And it's got this like charm. You can say something about and it. And there's there, a yeah. lot of pressure out there because of Epic. You know, everybody wants to live close mm-hmm. to Epic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why all those Verdians are going in one after another because there's so much demand out there. So to see something derelict mm-hmm. that was just completely let go and then sold for $83,000 in, wow. in or about Mount Horeb. Okay. I'm like, hey, there's a bit of an outlier. That is. is $83,000 in the town of Perry, hmm? 1,500 square foot farmhouse, built in 1894. So, okay. Wow. It, <laughs> it had everything wrong with it that a house can have wrong with it. But it's $83,000 is on a half acre. Okay. Listen, like that is a nice size. That is a, yeah. that is a nice little bit of grass and an old farmhouse. 1,500 square feet, too. 1,500, yeah. And the the list, sometimes these foreclosure guys do not even care when they put their listing up, right? It's like one bedroom. And they have like (laughs) two other rooms that just didn't get a name. Like they had, like I saw the pictures, they had windows, they didn't have a closet. I don't know. But anyway. Is that because they think it's just going to sell? Like it's not going to be a problem? One bedroom, one bath, 1,500 square feet. (laughs) Clearly there's some room for expansion in there. But yeah, Mm $83,000. So that one, that one kind of went, oh, another interesting little tidbit Mm -hmm. here. 3509 Blackhawk Drive. I don't expect you to remember every house we've had. And I don't. <laughs> and this house looked really familiar to me. Okay. It, it's something we already went through? <laughs> yeah. It, it was already the most expensive house last year. Oh. I flip it open. If you had to remember, I talked about a house with everything was gray. Yes. The gray house. Oh, the, sure. The gray, yeah, the gray house. It sold in March 2019 for $2 million, And then it was listed February 14th of 2020. Sold 14 days later for $1.8. Eight seven five. Wow, a two hundred two hundred thousand dollar hit. Yeah, yeah in, in in about about a year. And the only person, a tip of the hat to Mark Gladue. He was on this. the program with us a few times. A little too fancy for us. <laughs> but I called him up. and I'm like, dude. So in fact, it was some big big wig from an insurance company moved here from Boston, bought the house. Fourteen months later, he's out the door. So, okay. okay. Now right. here now here's the funny part. If you're me, the same agent got both sides of the deal. In both transactions. Oh, <laughs> so so while the while the seller lost two hundred grand, there's a good chance that 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 list agent, who, <laughs> whom I'm not going to name, might have made that much in commission. Oh wow, isn't that, that crazy? That seems unusual as well. I mean, I, say, I guess I would say good good on them. Good on him. <laughs> found a specialty, and, he, or, <laughs> and they're going to work with it. That's what's been going on from the headlines. Our guest, who's uh, sort of in studio, in studio via the phone today, is Nick Sweat from Assurance Electrical Services. But first, we're going to take a little break, get a top-of-the-hour tip. Good. It's a good time for those tips. People got a little time on their hands to do home improvement. So and after that, we'll talk about the house that Rhonda bought. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. 
Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. In with today's top of the hour tip is Chris Mickelson of Madison's Best Home Inspectors, also our guest on the program, Episode 7, Season 1. My advice is for both homeowners and landlords. When it comes time to repair or replace something in your home, invest a little extra time by having it done professionally and using a better, probably a little more expensive product. A temporary or cheap fix will likely fail sooner than having it done right the first time, and you may end up spending more time and money fixing it several times. A component that fails never does at an ideal time. Plus, if and when it comes time to sell your house, a repair that appears questionable will probably turn up in the home inspection. All right. So it's a little bit cliche, something we hear at the at the end of a, a contractor commercial, but, but <laughs> do it right the first time. I see it almost every day. So Well, thank you again for visiting, Chris. That's the top of the hour tip from Chris Mickelson, Madison's Best Home Inspector. Thank you. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. You can find us online at inthe608.com. My name is Adam Elliott. He is Ben Anton. Ben, we're going to talk about the house that Rhonda bought. We have been keeping track of the house that Rhonda bought last March, mm-hmm. so well, almost about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And um, it, be, it was going to be then the house that Rhonda was going to tear down, and then the house that Rhonda was going to build. I feel like there's something new coming up here. We talked about last month, I teased... The uh, the possibility that that house might go for sale, and uh, and that was because the numbers were just so numbers tight are tight, it, a lot of red tape going on, all these little we actually issues. Got, were... We got the red tape out of the way. Oh. This, there are approved plans with the city to both tear it down, build it, um, but the house plans in place are are this kind of are too nice. Okay, and uh, by the time you build the house, there's not a whole lot of extra money to like say I made profit. Or mm-hmm. or right. pay a pay an exorbitant listing commission. So for eighty nine thousand five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. the exact price she paid those nine or ten months ago. Let's go back on the market. It sounds like it is back on the market. Yeah, all right, fifty Lansing Street. Good fifty look. Lansing, tiny little house, um, east side of Madison, just off Milwaukee Street's where Lansing is. A little rough. <laughs> oh, she's rough. The, all the things that I mentioned were wrong with that house in Perry. Yeah, are also wrong with this house, but it's a lot cuter. And okay. in a better neighborhood. All right. And it comes with the approved plans. Oh, all right. So you want to build a new house, and 340 is about where you wanted to finish? It's a perfect house for you. Okay. It's just got a different road to the same destination. How? What's a good way if somebody is interested to oh, they, talk all, about that? All the ways, just to call me. Ben, ben at benanton.com. All right. That is the house that Rhonda bought. Uh, we'd like to welcome into studio via the phone, of course, our guest for today, Nick Sweat. Nick, thank you for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Nick, you are with Assurance Electrical Services. I hope you don't mind that we joked a little bit about the name, but we did say that like, if you are going to be in the trades, Sweat is a pretty cool name to have it's uh, true to form i i may have i hope i was not misspeaking when i said there is no relation to keith sweat uh yeah he's my brother <laughs> yes <laughs> well, all right well done well welcome nick to real estate in the 608 there's something we want to know ahead of time we need to find out if you are fun and what's the one way that we're going to find that out, Ben? We play a game, a quiz game, a Madison history and environs game called The Way It Used to Be. There used to be, there used to be, there used to be, there used to be, used to be no 
nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see. Car in every driveway, swinging every tree. People can't stop talking about the way things used to be. All right, Nick, you told me you were from Sauk City. That's true. 15 miles from the Merrimack Ferry Crossing. How wide is the Wisconsin River at the, Mer- at, the, at the Merrimack Ferry Crossing? Uh, okay, so that was an easy one. Um, I was going to say, should we give like a ballpark estimate? No, you'll see no where, you need you'll something see, right on the money here? You'll see where okay. I'm going with this because it right. comes into another story later. <laughs> if you're within 10%. 10%. Oh, he's not even going to give 10%. you the measurement marker. I'll give you this. The metric being used in my answer is, is miles, but it may not be a whole oh. number. Okay, I would say half a mile. Oh, look at that. Right right on the number, (laughs) one half mile across. And there's a part two to this question for bonus points. How wide is the Rock River in downtown Fort Atkinson? Oh, okay. All right. Oh. Do you have have a familiar? 300 feet. What? Correct. How how do you know this? Do do you have a familiarity with Fort Atkinson? I, I do. Would. I, I, I have a familiarity. Um, I was in Fort Atkinson this morning. Measuring the river? <laughs> me, me, measuring the river. And I saw the Assurance, Assurance Electrical Services van heading to Fort Atkinson as I was leaving. And I said, what are you doing in Fort Atkinson? And he said, I am running 350 feet of wire across a pedestrian. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> that is how... Uh, that's how I knew he was a river with specialist. Oh, very interesting. <laughs> All right. So congrats. You are like at one and a half points. You're, you're, you're looking good. There's only three questions. I rang the bell twice. I'm feeling good for you. In what year did Craig Culver open the first, as we know, at Culver's in Sauk oh, City yeah. on the site of a former A&W drive-in? See, in the 80s, I would say 85. Would you think that Van Halen had a big album that year? Oh, 84. <laughs> Congratulations, Nick. Well, well done. Here's an okay. We're we're still in Sauk City. You got one more question. Okay. The bell rang three times. You probably could miss this. You could you could miss this one, and you're still like getting an A. Where does Eastside famous real estate broker Ben Anton buy many of his cowboy hats and western wear? Oh, um, the Ace Hardware Riverside Tack and Saddle Shop. Is that right? I believe it's called the Cayuse Shop. The Cayuse? Oh, yep. But it is in the same building as Ace, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to mute, I'm going to, you're going to get a muted ring on that, Nick. But congratulations. I think that qualifies. That means he's fun. I think he's fun. Yeah. We've talked about your humble roots in, in Sauk City, and then you've moved to Madison. Where'd you buy your first house? I actually uh, bought our first house in uh, 2009 in um, on East Dean Avenue over by Monona. Oh, oh so uh, a Mona- a, I know a the East area. Cider. Oh, very nice. Did, did that house was that house special for you in that it like like you want like you saw it as a project and you could do all the things it needed to have done or or was it perfectly electrically sound when you bought it? Uh, electrically, it was pretty good. It had um, some outlets and lights to be updated, but the structure was good. I'm always um, curious, like like the electrician should find the house with the Federal Pacific panel, like that, <laughs> like that. In my in my in my mind, that's like. That's what they should do. The plumber should find the house that's like leaking 
and go and fix it. Everything's leaking. But but I suppose we don't get to be that picky. I was I was searching, but this one just happened to have a 200 amp underground service that was perfect. So oh, so notable. Like you noticed, like you could you could appreciate it. Yeah, the electrical pieces is like oh, this is this is a good starting place. The the kitchen was uh, purple with uh, green cabinet doors. Interesting. I think that's also the color. That's the color scheme of the Joker from the Batman. Is, it is. is I was thinking almost kind of like a yeah. like a or or perhaps like a New Orleans. Uh, oh, yeah. Like right. A, yeah. Like a Mardi, a Mardi Gras themed kitchen go. cupboard. All right. What would you say in fielding a, a week's worth of calls or maybe a month's worth of calls? What's the most common reason someone's going to have Nick from Assurance over to their house? Probably some safety concerns, usually. We, we do a lot of rewiring of things that people have done wrong. And uh, a lot of updating. We do uh, a lot of knob and tube replacements, uh, a lot of renovations. We do some small commercial jobs, but most of our base is, is in residential. Well, it's nice to get that government work down there in Fort Atkinson, too, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. When you you would have missed the introduction, but when uh, when we first spoke of you, I talked to I used my divorce as the as the beginning of our our knowing one another. Though we did have one little uh, cross paths earlier, but I, I did sure. mention that you were uh, quite capable of. Of fixing others' work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for keeping it to a, a healthy chuckle. There. So, <laughs> so, so at this point, Nick, do you still find like for for those who not in the know, knob and tube is pretty old technology at this point. It's the oldest. It's the oldest, right? Do you still find a lot of that in in Madison, um, in the Isthmus area, just off the Isthmus area? Middleton has some, but mostly it's it's downtown Madison, and and that's because um, yeah, it's uh, because it's not going to be geographically um, predictable, but it's going to be when, right. when houses were Old built. Houses. In fact, the cheapest house sold last uh, month was in Perry in Mount Horeb in 1894. There might be some there. There might not have been electricity <laughs> when they started to build that house. <laughs> no, in, in fact, in fact, a lot of times, um, I was just watching a movie, uh, Time Machine, but their knob and tube was mounted literally on the on the surface of the wall. Oh boy! Because that was because it would have been added after the building was right. built, yeah. and then it had the little the little dial that you would turn to switch the light on versus. But knob and tube wiring, if left alone and used only as it was originally intended. It's probably not that unsafe. It's not. Okay. But once you insulate in a house or you stuff a wall cavity full of cellulose, you're going to change how those wires are, are living and feeling and acting. Mm. You're, you're not allowing them to dissipate heat, which they would need to do. And you are also giving an opportunity for moisture or water to wick up to them or between them because they are not coated in vinyl and would not right. be like wa- waterproof. So you, you're creating an opportunity for short-circuiting. Nick, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, that is uh, yeah, mostly correct. The heat is not able to uh, dissipate on the wall, uh, around the wire when insulation um, is packed around it, and it can heat up internally and heat up the wire in general and start fires, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is all the con- some of the connections were soldered inside the walls themselves so 
in modern wiring, all the connections are accessible, but with knob and tube, they're like actually like soldered inside the walls. The house is probably pre-1930s if it has knob and tube in, in it too. So um, the age of the wire could be a concern over time too. And then, you know, you get older houses, you get um, mice in there chewing on stuff over the years and maybe damaging the wire too. So. Oh, there was some bare wires in my Jackson place that a, you could tell a squirrel had lived in the in the oh, uh, no. joist cavity. And there was like an sure. 18 inch stretch of bare copper. One of my questions is, would you say that you tend to be more of a remodel old house kind of an electrician? Uh, yes, um, we do some custom work, like new homes, um, but we're mostly based in working on existing stuff and upgrades. And that and that's why I like it because that's really all I do. If I ever have mm-hmm. a, if I ever have a clean brand new commercial space to wire, I'm certainly going to give you a call, Nick. When the house is built, is for the most part going to dictate the likelihood or the chances that you've got that old knob and tube. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608. It's time for the market update. In with today's market update is broker owner at LRG Lauer Realty Group, Liz Lauer. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Ben. May and Mother's Day and that time between Memorial Day, the beginning of summer, is often, in my opinion, the beginning of real estate summer. Uh, What's it like out there now? It's been a very different kind of spring. Uh, Usually right now we're really into the thick of it with showings and listings and everyone out there being very active. So with COVID, we probably saw about 40% of the homes that would usually come on the market come on the market. What that meant was the buyer demand was still there, and and actually it's further reduced our inventory. So we're sitting at about a third of the inventory we typically have. And so when homes come to market, the buyer pool snatches it up, and there's often multiple bids. Very competitive seller's market for this May, and uh, we're struggling to keep good inventory available for those buyers. So if you're looking to sell this year, obviously with COVID, we've put a lot of good practices into place to keep everyone safe and make sure that the homes are treated well when they're visited. And it would be a great time to get your house on the market with this low of inventory. I think I saw some uh, some national news pieces referencing that same thing. And we've often talked about the demand and the buyer demand here in Madison seeming very insulated from from national trends. So, th- so perhaps we're getting a bit of a double whammy here and that and that even across the nation, there's not enough inventory and still buyer demand, but we've got that doubled here in a town where, where buyer demand is the norm. I've been asked if I'm busy or how things are going, and, and my, my common response is, I'm busy, it's just that everything is harder. What's, what's your standard response if someone were passing you from a safe distance on the sidewalk and asked you, what's going on, Liz? Yeah, and I guess I kind of feel a little bit like what you said it's busy i feel like there's a layer of molasses to get through with working in an environment where you have to do things remotely and you have to kind of figure out how to get things done without contact so you know it's just a lot of workarounds to get to a place we used to get to a lot quicker i think and um i also think when you're working with clients you got to make sure that you have a lot of communication because you're not able to see them as frequently or be with them you know it does take more effort i think in a in an environment where there's very little contact unable to necessarily read facial expressions from behind a mask 
has has also been something I've noticed that when I do happen to be in person, either with a buyer or a seller, we rely a lot on on someone's face for feedback. So perhaps we'll leave today with the uh, with the idea that if you would like help finding your way through that extra layer of molasses for sellers, there are still a lot of opportunity for you and buyers. The job can get done once you've made it through that molasses. Thank you, Liz, for your time, and you have a great day. All right, you too, Ben. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. He's Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. Our in-studio guest is Nick Sweat with Assurance Electrical Services. Nick is taking us on a tour of electricity. Do you have like a recommendation on like what's the, the most fixable thing that either you do or you recommend people do? The most fixable thing, I would say, if the power's off and you need to like say replace a broken outlet or replace a switch like that that's usually pretty cut and dry if you have um like a handyman or a mechanical mindset about you i would definitely say you know make sure you have a good tester to make sure the power is off and besides that with electricity i i like to say call call a professional changing a receptacle or a fixture if the guy that was there before you did it right is is probably going to be easy but knowing either like the provenance of the home. Sometimes that's good to know. Like if a lot of the places I bought, you don't want to trust their electrician. If if it was even an electrician, right? Uh, Now, Mona's house, on the other hand, is the one where we are right now. And we've talked about Mona's house quite a bit. Um, Nick helped me out on that house and and it was cared for and there was there weren't any questions so if it just if we just needed to change a receptacle we could do that but uh, even from the licensee perspective a landlord or a handyman can replace legally uh, mm-hmm. fixtures uh, or receptacles but the work behind that is going to take someone, especially in a rental property, is going to require a licensed electrician like our friend Nick. And Nick, you would probably know these things. Like you can probably just walk in and, and eyeball it. But how would would somebody know, like if something does need replacing? If, as far as uh, outlets go, if you see any physical damage to it, if you see maybe some brown spots about or black spots where you plug into. Um, that might be a for sure, for sure thing to know. Another thing I look for is as far as workmanship and what's been done over the years. I, I go downstairs and kind of look through a basement, and you can kind of tell by what wiring is down there if it was done by a professional or not or, or somebody that knew what they were doing. Adam is looking up over his head <laughs> where it looks like somebody who mostly knew what they were doing put in some can lights. <laughs> no, this looks all right. This looks all right down here. This I was, I was laughing because of that. Yes, I was observing your electricity as we're talking about it. Here's here, here's some low hanging here's a low hanging fruit thing. If there are wires in your basement that are hanging below the joists or are run under the joists perpendicular to them. That's... An electrician did not run those wires. Gotcha. Yep. Right. An electrician is always gonna as this wire above us is Drilled through the joists, uh-huh. and they are always, if they're running parallel to the joists, they are always going to be supported with it within four feet, or there's going to be stapler supports every right. four feet. Right. The other one that uh, an electrician had told me at one point is if you have a lot of like elbow joints in your basement versus like 
pipe that's run and bent by a professional. If there's like a lot of elbow joints, the, the guy told me, he was like, <laughs> somebody did this themselves, right? <laughs> that's a pretty good one. You see a lot of fittings, yes. If there's, if there's like six different electrical pieces within six inches, it's usually a yeah. Good, uh, so the more complex. So again, looks, study, yeah. studying the provenance of the, of the home's electrical system might give you some clues. Is this the main event? I took a class years ago uh, to become a, a home inspector, or at least that was like mm-hmm. a, a maybe I'm going to do this. Sure. They made me believe that I was going to see a lot more aluminum wiring out in the field than I have than I've ever I. I have yet to have one inspection on hundreds of homes ever come back with aluminum wiring. Does it really exist, and where would one find it? <laughs> it does, but it's rare. It's it's a rare thing. Um, the smaller gauge aluminum wire is the stuff to be um, kind of concerned about. I would say in 20 years of being an electrician, I've maybe seen like two or three homes with it. What is the worst Let's exclude my work on my, what we call <laughs> marital home. And what is the worst electrical situation or near death situation or some kind of risky problem? What, what, give us that story. What, give us the, the worst thing you ever saw. I would say downtown. We were near Camp Randall. The Coliseum Bar was still around at that time. Right below it was an apartment building. I think it probably had maybe 40 rooms with, uh, with students um, there. We had a flash flood, and all the water came down from uh, Camp Randall, filled up the parking lot and the parking garage in the apartment building um, that we happened to work with Madison Property Management with, and we were called called in to come and kind of clean that up. There was just water everywhere. This is making me nervous just describing it. (laughs) (laughs) Power was shut down, but when we actually got in to get into the equipment, we were pretty much had to take almost all the electrical out of there and open up the panels and there's water pouring out. Um, It was was quite a mess. Um, Do you set your phone on vibrate, Nick? Do I? This is, a no. t- this is exactly because when you're when you have your arm in a panel or a, the last thing you need is your pocket vibrating, <laughs> like the operation exactly. game. It's the same thing. Like as, <laughs> right. when you when you right. open that panel and see the water pour out, that's like your mind says these things shouldn't be happening at the same time. <laughs> oh my god! Exactly. <laughs> which oh. is which is exactly the feeling I get when I'm like got my hand and like reached around someplace that you can't see, and I'm feeling two wires, and then all of a sudden your pocket vibrates. Oh my god! You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He has been Anton. On the line, we've got Nick Sweat with Assurance Electrical Services, talking lots of things electricity. Um, One of the things that I'm curious if you get these calls, because we've talked to other guests who have uh, mentioned like one of the electrical upgrades that people probably should be thinking about in the near future is that, um, that electric charger in the garage. Do you get a lot of requests for that type of service? Do you think... Is that an easy thing to add to a garage? Um, sure. So there's um, there's uh, two types of chargers. There's a charger that is 
specifically made for the car that you have. Like Ford has their own charger. Tesla has their own charger. Um, they vary in um, amperage and how much power they give. Or you could have um, a what is essentially the same thing as like an electric dryer outlet in there also. And most electric cars have an adapter or a cord that would plug straight into an electrical outlet. And most times um, they vary in 30 to 80 amps. I believe Tesla has a fast charger that's 80 amps. Here's a little real estate tip on the Real Estate Podcast. Garages, or at minimum, an off-street parking space that can accommodate a charging pedestal is going to be very important. I mean, think about think mm-hmm, about that. Mm-hmm. Think about the last rental you lived in before you bought your house, and where would you park your electric car, and how would you charge it there? Yeah, right. Like an extension cord running out of the window <laughs> across across the sidewalk, and then depending on what night of the week it is, across the street. Right? Yeah, right. That's go- that's going to be tricky. I don't think anybody's cornered the market on it quite yet, but maybe I could. Well, we're we're here for you. Would you like to declare it right now? Yeah, we, can, we won't we take can make it public. The idea can be yours. Yeah, <laughs> you just give us a call. We'll make it. We'll make it a topic of discussion. <laughs> Let's take a little break for Phil's phone in with his look beyond the six zero eight. Phil is my business partner in Deacon Housing, president of Madison's Blimling and Associates, a dairy commodities consulting firm, a division of Dairy dot com. He's keeping in his eye on the far away and diverse markets, and also a little bit about what we do here in the 608. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. Hey, Ben. It's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. Like many people, I've been working from home for the past several weeks. It's been mostly fine. Been using Zoom like everybody else. It's amazing to see that service going from 10 million meeting participants daily in December to over 300 million in April. One of the big questions, of course, is what's gonna happen when this is over? Are we gonna wanna continue working from home? Are we gonna be able to? A recent poll showed that 43% of full-time employees say they want to work more by remote after this crisis is over. Global Workplace Analytics estimates that 55% of Americans have a job with at least partial compatibility with working from home. And that outfit predicts that 25-30% to will be working from home for multiple days by the end of 2021. One reason they cite? They believe that employers can save $11,000 per year per half-time telecommuter. In addition, they believe that employers will also benefit from increased productivity, driving additional savings. Does all this have implications for real estate? It might. If people don't have to leave their home, they may not need proximity to the workplace as much as in the past. 
people who live in or near cities may be comfortable moving further away if they don't have to go to the office every day. A recent Harris poll showed that 39% of urban dwellers are contemplating leaving for less crowded places after this crisis is over. Real estate website Redfin says that rural demand has been much stronger than urban demand in recent weeks. I can see how all that applies to big cities like New York or Chicago or Los Angeles. Will it apply to small and medium-sized cities like Madison? Stay tuned. That's all for now, Ben. Thanks for having me. This is Phil with a view from Beyond the 608. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He is Ben Anton. We've been speaking with Nick Sweat of Assurance Electrical Services, talking lots of things electric. Thank you for joining us uh, so far on this journey, Nick. Uh, We appreciate you hanging out with us. But let's do one more thing, Ben. If people wanted to get in touch with you, Nick... What's the best way for them to do that? Well, we are able to be reached by phone at 608-287-6391. We also have our website, assuranceelectricalservices.com. You can submit a request through there. We also have a Facebook page where you can um, contact us through there. We will, uh, when we post this, we'll make some connections via Facebook so Mm -hmm. people can easily stumble into that. Yep, and we'll share all that information, the contact stuff out on the website. Nick, how long have you been doing this? How long have you been in the electric biz? I don't know. It'll be 20 (laughs) years next month and 10 years owning a company and being a master electrician. Well, happy anniversary. Yeah, congratulations. Do you feel like you get to the point where you've seen everything electric or are there still things that kind of shock you? No, <laughs> no people, pun intended. People still shock me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed at um, how much wire is ran on the outside of drywall lately. A lot of plastic flexible wire that just gets nailed straight to the drywall on the inside of a garage in, in rooms. You think that's like a, is that a lazy thing or is that just like I the person didn't know any better? I think it's more of a laziness thing. Like, okay, the light bulb turns on, so it's good enough. You know, you guys had a lot of tricks when you were snaking wires in Mona's house that that I that even I, that were new to me, um, having seen different people do a knob and tube differently. There was a lot of little things I picked up that were kind of those super long eighth inch drill bits was one, you know, those <laughs> that I that I saw more from you than I'd seen from anybody else and your ability to to figure out if I'm going in here, where's this coming out? It really does take an understanding of the house as a whole to do what you do and to do it well. So I appre- I appreciate you, Nick. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think that's one of, that's <laughs> one of the magic tricks of electricians to know how to run that wire through that space. Because, exactly. like you, you know, the the average person is probably like, oh, I'm going to have to open up the whole wall, which is not necessarily true if you're fixing something. No, in fact, there are yeah. some there are some contractors that we've recommended in the past at Lauer Realty Group, and then we found that other electricians were doing the same work with fewer holes. Oh. Because right. a lot of, the, you do sometimes have to drill a hole in the well, wall. Well, right, yeah, I mean, there's some. Yeah, yep. But when the electrician yeah, is being be... smart about it, there are fewer. Yeah, we try to be... Um, not too invasive when we're rewiring. We usually stick to four-inch round holes, and um, and we know how the house is built usually by just being around the trade so long and and doing a lot of these houses now. We know how what cavities we can get through and what what we can't. 
All right. Well, thank you very much, Nick, for your time with us this evening. I hope it wasn't that painful. Did you, you get get some? T- this was your time away from the kids today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of family time lately. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Nick. Thanks, Nick. You're welcome. This is Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. I just learned that Adam Elliott is my su- diet sundrop competition <laughs> at Women's East. We've was mentioning like like if there is one thing that I've been craving during coronavirus outbreak and you know social distancing, uh, it's sundrop. Well, it's diet sundrop actually, and like it's I better think better for you. I did. I didn't realize <laughs> it, but I think Ben was the one who got me hooked on the stuff. Well, anyway, and, and now it, we're competing for it. At I'm the store. I'm having to outsource my diet sundrop to Ford at, to the festival foods in Fort Act because it's been so low at Woodman's East. I did not realize, Ben. I will share with you. I, a, I don't need it that bad. It's like a comfort food. You, you don't have to drive to Fort. I'll I'll try and get you some the next time we're there. All right, Ben. Well, what was that? Had I not driven to Fort and driven home this morning, I yeah. would not have seen our guest, Nick Sweat, with Assurance Electrical Services, driving his way to Fort to measure the distance across the Rock River. But anyway... I was thoroughly impressed that he knew the exact distance. <laughs> but he probably has to measure and spend on that, so that makes sense. Copper wire can be very expensive. So yes, Nick, Nick Sweat, not Keith Sweat, uh, Assurance Electrical Service. We talked a little bit about uh, some archaic... Uh, wiring systems like knob and tube. We learned that uh, that aluminum wiring is not as common as Tom Jones would have had me believe when mm-hmm. I took that class on home inspection. Yeah, we learned that placing that uh, electric charger in the garage, which you said is like probably an important thing to be including in your house if you're thinking of selling in the the near future, that is a very doable thing. According not, to Nick, it's not, not hard to do. Not dissimilar from adding a adding a ra- an electric range or an electric dryer. Yeah, and I think the other curious thing is like. You don't have to do complete surgery upon your house if you need to replace electric. Nick, there's like ways and techniques that electric sh- electricians do so they can make that less intrusive. Yeah, especially there there was uh, they for the most part had to rewire the entire second floor of Mona's house, and because they were able to snake wires from the basement to the attic. Mm-hmm. And then go out from there. It was very, very few holes in the ceilings and the walls as a result of that. The one place that they almost always have to drill is if there's a light fixture on the first floor. Oh. Can't get to it from above because you've got living space up there. And then there's a switch on the wall. So when you make the turn, when you make the turn from the wall to the ceiling... You have to drill two holes. Those are kind of the givens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But you have to be able to get in from but from underneath and then reach it from the top. So there, there's always going to be a couple holes, but Nick and his crew did a very good job of keeping them to a minimum. I think that's the magic of electricians is they, like, have that X-ray vision to kind of see, like, where they can bit, run exactly. those things. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> Which would be required with that, that knob and tube when there's connections. <laughs> yeah. Behind the walls, you need a little. You need a little magical X-ray vision. All right, not bad for real estate in the six hundred eight. Uh, let's talk about the newsletter that you can check out too. The newsletter, you know, two people. I I, sh- I feel like I should maybe even name them. There's two more people that think getting that newsletter is a good idea. It's called the twenty second twenty second read. Mm-hmm. It comes on the twenty second. It takes you about twenty seconds to read. It's going to have some market update information, some real estate tips. 
uh, as well as uh, some of the highlights of recent episodes. It's just worth getting. And even if it's only worth a little bit, it doesn't take that long to read. Yeah, you so got that, time. What are you talking about? Everybody's yeah, got a little extra time right now. Time. My open <laughs> my open rate was really good last month. Um, really, honestly, it was like 40%, which is like unheard of as far as like... That's e- pretty good email. email that's pretty yeah. good. Um, but decent stuff. I keep it short. I try to stay relevant. At in the 608... Uh, on Facebook, you can click sign up and find it there. Otherwise, you can Google it, and it's at bandanton.com as well. All right. Let's say some thank yous. Uh, thanks, of course, to Nick Sweat of Assurance Electrical Services. We'll post his information if you want to get a hold of him. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast today, of course. Yeah. Th- thank you mm-hmm. for for. For everything. Yeah. I mean, we can't tell you, like, the appreciativeness that we have for those folks that have joined us, those folks who have said, like, yeah, this is actually good information that we could use. A thanks from somebody who didn't have a chance to give you one. Here's for, here's an extra one from me. We, we all got to just, we all just got to get along. So yeah. Do your best. Call out to the musicians, the music that you've been listening to, uh, Renclaw, Eldonk, Bog Westfall. Yeah, let's, let's plug uh, the Madison Virtual Tip Jar. I have seen a lot of my musician friends uh, getting creative. While we do not feature him, one of those guys out there earning it and uh, keeping the music coming is Frank Bush. Oh, uh, yeah, right. From, yeah. from Wheelhouse, and he's got some other, like... He's got lots of like, Frank, things to say. Frank yeah. Bush and the Hedges or something like that. <laughs> but uh, his backup there's some people out there earning it, including Dale Watson, if you want to... He, he's putting on some shows still as well uh, and, and making it worth your time. Uh yeah. But thank you to all of our musician friends. Yeah, Seesaw, Mad City, Jug Band. Soon we'll get out to see them uh, in a live circumstance. We shall. All right, uh, Ben, thank you for a great show today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough real estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via emails to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. What do they usually say? Because I could just repeat one from the first episode and no one would know. It's about owning a home. A little something smart to know. You hate my voice. Yeah, it's like, ooh, good. He's talking in your podcast voice already. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. And I'm Lula, and I talk normally. In with us today. (gasps) Ready, watch. And what is that called, Lola? ASMR. What is ASMR? I don't know what it stands for. I did it at one point, but then I forgot. It's about noises. Yeah. It stands for something. Why don't you look it up quickly on your phone? Yeah. Oh, I should put my ringer on, and then you can do it like this. ASMR. 
Anonymous sensory meridian response. Anonymous? Yeah. No, autonomous. Autonomous. Sensory meridian. Meridian? Yeah. Response. Can you read the sentence after that? That that alone does not clarify much for me. ASMR is a calming, pleasurable feeling, often accompanied by a tingling sensation. <laughs> so it has nothing to do with the actual sound you're hearing. Getting any of the aforementioned tingles that you'd promised. That's because I don't have a good tool. I don't have anything to slurp up or eat. All right. Let's see here. Should we put uh, should we put a commercial in there for you? Yeah, we'd be like. Today's top of the hour tip is how addicting TikTok can be. Make your kid follow my kid on TikTok. Period. In with us today. It's me. It's Lola Anton. She has scoured the TikTok universe to bring you the latest in homeownership TikTok trends. What have you found, Lola? Not much, Ben. (laughs) 